Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Sarah Seibert. GovCIO Media and Research is live here at the 2022 HIMSS Conference in Orlando. Throughout this week, we'll be releasing special episodes, catching up with federal leaders at the show across our podcast platforms, including GovCast and CyberCast. Okay, well, today we're joined by Neil Evans and Leonie Hayworth from the Department of Veterans Affairs at HIMSS 2022. They're going to dive into their session on how VA addressed access, capacity, and quality of care during COVID-19 to improve veterans' health outcomes. So thank you both for joining us today. Absolutely, Sarah. It's great to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, so to kick off this episode, what are some of the digital technologies VA invested in before COVID-19 that supported your agency's pandemic response? I'll get started with that. I think, uh, you know, VA has been committed to using technology to reach veterans where they are for decades. And I think actually even before the pandemic, many would have considered the VA a leader in digital care, and in particular in telehealth care. One of the things we'll talk about um, in the HIMSS presentation this afternoon is that actually the first telehealth visit in the VA occurred in the 1960s by two-way black and white television. So, of course, there wasn't a lot for several years, but uh, you know, in the early 2000s, we really um, started to make an investment in technologies really across the spectrum. Remote home monitoring through our home telehealth program, video-based care, both in clinics, and then increasingly delivering that video-based care into the home. And then even inpatient-based care through our telecritical care program and other inpatient-based telehealth uh, programs. And so, you know, one of the things that we'll talk about this afternoon is we had a pretty strong foundation from a technology perspective built in VA for the delivery of virtual care before the pandemic. Right. Yeah, that's great to hear. I'm impressed with the 1960s black and white television. (laughs) So, Leonie, how did VA adapt current systems to quickly ramp up and use technology to expand telehealth? Well, as Dr. Evans mentioned, we had that technology foundation in place. But not only did we have that foundation set, but we also had the training and the awareness Um, so that frontline clinical teams knew the technology was out there for them to use. And we had tailored training specifically so that they could be prepared to use it and use it well. On the flip side, the veterans were also made aware of this technology offering to them. In the 2009-2010 window, they were, of course, introduced to My Healthy Vet, our e-health portal, and building from that um, a portfolio of mobile applications and our homegrown VA Video Connect platform, which in 2017 enabled us to deliver healthcare into the home. So really having a cadre of a workforce who was trained to use the technology, who was aware of the technology, um, and had the context to use the technology, that is, veterans who desired uh, care into the home space when it came to video or specific mobile applications to augment their in-person or telehealth care uh, really set the foundation for us to be able to jump at the time of the pandemic when concerns of safety and accessibility came into play. Yeah, that's great to hear. Even watching the solutions you guys have come out with after COVID-19, I know you just launched the COVID-19 patient tracker. It's impressive to see how you were right there in line with uh, the veterans' needs. So how has VA increased patient engagement in its network? Well, I I think, I mean, over the course of the pandemic, you know, I think it's 
as we've alluded to, by having a firm foundation of these technologies, it really allowed us, um, we were already operating at scale. I guess what, one of the, the statistics I like to go back to is that we were, before the pandemic, already had more than a million individuals coming every month to our patient health portal, My Healthy Vet, and logging on. Of course, with the pandemic, that increased and we're above 1.4 million. And, and so engagement has in, per month, right? And the, and the total number of regular users is 3.9 million premium users of the portal who are, who are logging in at least once a year. So I think, you know, again, having that foundation really helped us grow. But there were other places where we were able to, to start to get really creative about how to use technology to engage uh, patients. And one of the ones that excites me is our ability to book vaccines, COVID vaccines, through two-way text messaging, really without any staff involvement, being able to offer those appointments um, to veterans. During a time early in the pandemic as vaccines were just becoming available where people were really worried about how, how am I going to get a vaccine? How do I get it? And to have VA just reach out by a text message and I could say, yes, I'd like that appointment. And it sent me back an appointment. Um, those kind of experiences, I think, build trust between a healthcare system and the patients that they serve. And, and, really then create that, um, that reinforcing loop that, that lets veterans say, you know what, when I engage digitally, or patients, when I engage digitally with my healthcare system, it's a reliable experience. It helps me get done what I need to get done. It improves my health. It lets me live my life in a fuller way. And so, you know, it's been fun to watch that happen. Yeah, that's great to hear, and it's been great to see uh, from a media perspective as well. Uh, so as you accelerated care offerings, uh, what worked and what didn't work? What are some of the lessons learned or obstacles you've overcome? So I think one of the most exciting memories that I have of the early pandemic um, in the world of telehealth and all the work that was going into expansion um, was our move to um, make more of our architecture on our video-based system to the cloud. It was already partially on the cloud, and we expanded that, um, which really gave us um, almost limitless, um, if you like, uh, ability to make connections because we have a very, very large healthcare system, and we wanted the opportunity to connect with every patient who wanted to connect with us from the host base through video. So in a matter of a couple of weeks, we were able to make that expansion and essentially say to our workforce, this technology is available for you to use whenever you want, however much you want, and say the same to our patient population. That stands out to me as, I think, the most exciting. Um, and then throughout the pandemic, we continue to work on developments that would make our product a really meaningful product to folks. So how to within a video session initiate um, an emergency protocol, for example. How can patients communicate that they're having an issue or a struggle or something um, that makes them feel unsafe at home by way of communicating a silent signal? How can we think about uh, closed captioning, for example? So how can we really make this virtual experience much more akin to what we are used to seeing and feeling in person? Um, and I think that, you know, both that early flurry, um, which I think allowed us to really learn um, that 
our workforce was actually quite eager for this opportunity to connect. Um, but I think in, in the period of a couple of weeks, um, we had to rise to the challenge to say, you know, although we came in with 95% of primary care and mental health providers trained to use the video platform, we had a number of specialty providers who we had planned to get to in the next phase of our roadmap, but who yet remained untrained. So. Really, on a dime, it was a challenge for us to say, how do we take this training that we have, how do we make it quickly and easily accessible? How can we make this something that people can digest easily and really take into their hands and meaningfully use with some hands-on testing in a short period of time? So I would say that we rose to that challenge. I think we did a great job. Um, and we really did, following that, see a big uptick in specialty care providers using our video platform, which was very exciting. Yeah, and I guess the other thing I would say, I, this, I agree, Leonie, um, and also on the topic of like what worked and what didn't work, I often think that those, what works and doesn't work as, I mean, we, we had at scale tens of thousands of clinicians trying in a new way to deliver the services that they were used to delivering in person through video in a new way. And so there were, you know, there were thousands, uh, probably an hour of micro learnings of what worked well, what didn't work well for the delivery of cardiology, pulmonary, equine therapy, uh, rehabilitation medicine through a video modality. And one of the things that was a great lesson learned during the pandemic that Leone was the leader of was really capturing a lot of those lessons learned, right? What, what works, not at the macro level, not at the, at the enterprise level, does the technology work, is the button work right, is it connected to the health record right, but no, what works really clinically, and then let's tell the stories of what we've learned in one clinic or another clinic or another clinic at the national level so that we can, can, can really scale those lessons learned from the clinical perspective of what it means to deliver care virtually. Right. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, so as we wrap up this episode, I know that we're at HIMSS right now. So what are some of the trends that you think will come out of this conference? What are some of the big talking points that uh, you think will come through? Well, I, you know, I always find HIMSS is a, HIMSS is a, is a fun time to sort of step away from the day-to-day -day and to dream a little bit um, with you know, several thousand <laughs> or tens of thousands of others who are in this space thinking about, you know, how can we leverage technology, not for the purposes of technology, but for the purposes of delivering a better experience, of increasing access to health care, of improving outcomes for those that we serve. And so, you know, what I look forward to is the networking, is the opportunity to share those ideas, the opportunity to see what others are doing on the exhibit floor and kind of get the creative juices flowing. Because I think that's how together we, in this space of health information technology, move really the entire country, and frankly, it's a global conference, the entire world for, forward as we, uh, as we deliver uh, health information technology. 
I don't know about you, Neil, but I haven't been around this many people in I don't know <laughs> how long. But I think that, you know, the lessons of what work we've been doing during the pandemic, back to what we were talking about, what worked and what didn't, how can we build upon the successes and then learn from the things that didn't seem to work so well? Um, I think an underlying theme to that is going to be how do we unify workflows, everything from making things accessible in one electronic health record, um, figuring out scheduling, um, and ultimately ensuring that both the provider experience and the patient experience is preserved throughout. Um, so I'm really interested in you know, how the technology can make those human connections and touch points. Yeah. Well, thank you both for joining us today. It's been great to learn more about how VA has accelerated its digital technologies and care solutions for veterans throughout uh, the pandemic. And I look forward to seeing where you take it in the future. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Great to be here. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for tuning in. Follow our other shows for more coverage throughout the conference this week. You can head over to govciomedia.com to find more HIMSS insights and to subscribe to our newsletter. HealthCast along with GovCast and CyberCast is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com.